0: Hey. Good to see you guys. And good to be seen by you guys online. Happy uh, Super Bowl Sunday. All right. Any Rams fans? Any Bengals fans? (laughs) Anybody not care at all? There we go. All right. Well, whatever about the game, Uh, I'm excited that our students are going to be back in this room for this annual event of the super party that they have on Super Bowl Sunday with bounce, giant bounce houses and games and food and so forth. They they missed out last year, so it's great to have that back, and uh, I'm excited for them and for the ministry uh, uh, to our kids. So, This series, this two-week series, we kind of have a question as the series title, What's in a Name? And so the answer to that question, What's in a Name, is depends. It depends on your relationship with that person or place or thing. It's really about the relationship that gives meaning to the name. So for example, if I were to say the name Maine to you, what would you think? (laughs) Okay, I didn't expect it to be a shout-out, but cool. (laughs) If you have never been there, right, you probably um, would think of things like uh, Northeastern State, or uh, rocky coastlines, lighthouses, lobster, people who say lobster, chowda. For us, for my family, we've been going to Maine for most of uh, my married life. Marilyn and I started going up there soon after we were married for our vacation. We raised our kids going to Maine every year, and uh, family, uh, our extended family would join us up there for a period of time, and uh, we watched our kids learn to swim in Maine and jump off docks and Paddle in kayaks and explore and trails and the stories go on and on and on. So what's in the name Maine for us? Well, it would be a deep, deep, meaningful thing. Last week, as part of the message, I asked you if you would complete this statement, God is my... And we had an online uh, place where you could go and fill that in. Over 120 of you did that. And the responses were really interesting. We've got a slide, a word cloud of the answers that we got uh, in response to that. The top five was kind of interesting. The top five were God is my everything, God is my rock, God is my strength, God is my hope, God is my refuge. Mine was God is my vision, and I I could say a lot about that, but, but in terms of my leadership, God has always provided kind of a glimpse out on the horizon of where he wanted this church to go next, and so he would give me a vision so that I could lead the congregation to that next place or provide some guidance and direction to that place. God is my vision, and so I could talk about that. My relationship with God in that way each of you have a story and in your response there's a story behind your experience of who God is and what God means to you and that's exactly what the names of God in Scripture are all about it was faithful men and women who were seeing God at work all around them in their lives as well as their lives corporately as a country and giving name to what they were seeing God do or seeing in God's character. And that became God's name or part of the way that they would talk about and name God. So last week, we we looked at five uh, names or four names, really. We we looked at uh, God's eternal nature in the term, in the word Yahweh. God was, God is, God will be. Adonai, God as master or Lord. Jehovah Ra'ah, God as shepherd. And Jehovah Shalom, God as our peace, our wholeness, our completeness. And so this morning, as we close out this two part series, I want to look at two additional names in Scripture that were associated with God that became. Uh, descriptors of God's nature and God's character and God's work. So the first one is Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, God heals, God heals. It literally means, that word Rapha in the Hebrew literally means to mend, to uh, stitch together, to make whole, to restore. God is a healer. And throughout scripture, we see references to God in this way. God as Rapha, as healer. So just as a way of getting around that, I picked one scripture from the book of Psalms. It's Psalm 103, verses 2 through 4. And this is what it says. The words are on uh, below. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Jehovah Rapha, is mending our broken places. Wherever those broken places might be, physically, relationally, emotionally, spiritually, God is in the mending business. He is our healer. You know, I know when I hear that word healer, I immediately go to physical healing. Maybe you do as well. God as our physical healer. And this can raise a whole lot of interesting and, and challenging theological questions. Typically, you know, why does God heal some and seemingly not others? Why does God make those choices? And anytime you have a why question when it comes to God, those are difficult questions and oftentimes aren't really within our ability to understand or to answer fully. And when we try to, when we try to say that I know why God does the things that God does, it's like saying I know the mind of God. And I don't. I don't. Other than what God has revealed to us. So God is healer physically and I believe that. But what I have come to understand is that God's healing comes in three different ways physically. Sometimes God heals immediately, sometimes eventually, and always God heals ultimately. All right? Immediately. There are times where God does what we would understand and call a miracle. Where God heals somebody from some kind of disease or illness or a broken body in some way, and God does an immediate miraculous kind of healing. And I have seen that take place. I've talked to numerous people who have had that experience, either themselves or someone who they know or who they love, of God healing in a miraculous and immediate way. I saw it in my own family. Marilyn had an immediate miraculous kind of healing. I've told the story before, I won't go through all of the details now, but it was one of those moments where she had gone through cancer treatments and the treatments had uh, caused a problem within her blood and um, a kind of leukemia was believed to be having formed in her blood because of the treatments. And after a lot of prayer by a lot of people, God, in a very miraculous way, healed her. It was an immediate healing. Sometimes God chooses to do that. Why? We don't know. God does it for his own purposes, and we simply say thank you. God also heals eventually. You know, sometimes God works within our bodies over a period of time. Just by the way that God has designed our bodies, that healing can take place within our bodies. And sometimes that's assisted by the good work of men and women in the medical field who produce uh, drugs and procedures and techniques and so forth in order to help bring about a physical healing in our lives. And that happens... Kind of eventually. Pastor Rick and I both uh, suffered with um, a similar kind of thing. It's a DVT, a deep vein thrombosis, which is a big term for a blood clot uh, in the leg. We both had it. It's weird. Not at the same time, but you know, within a few years of each other. Mine was bigger and, and much more difficult. <laughs> he had, you know, a little, no, that's not true. And what we found was that God designed the body in such a way that when that clot blocks a main artery where blood flows, that the body will develop these little kind of tributaries, if you think of it in terms of a river, create these little tributaries to go around the clot and reconnect and continue the blood flow. It's just how God designed the body. And so healing comes eventually. Sometimes God works that way. But ultimately, these bodies of ours cease to work. No matter how many healings you may have had, no matter how well you take care of your body physically, eventually these bodies break down and they cease to function, they die. But we have this promise from the healer that these temporal bodies will be replaced by a new body, a spiritual body, a heavenly body. Jesus said to his disciples about his own death, don't be afraid, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to my father's house to prepare a place for you so that I'm going to take you to be with me so you can be where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas, his disciples said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, right? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the way to this eternal home, this ultimate healing. This place that I'm preparing for you. He heals us ultimately. But God's healing isn't limited, right, to just physical healing. Jehovah Rapha heals in other ways as well. He heals us in um, our spiritual bodies remember psalm 103 it says he heals all my diseases he forgives all my sins it's a spiritual kind of healing he forgives all our sins you may remember in the gospels that when jesus would heal somebody physically oftentimes what he would begin that healing process by saying is your sins are forgiven right before he did a physical healing, your sins are forgiven. This is what got him in trouble with the Pharisees a lot of times. I mean, it was one thing that he was healing somebody on the Sabbath, but forgiving their sins? And they would say to him, Jesus, only God can forgive sins. And Jesus said, "Yeah, yeah, I know. Jehovah Rapha. The healer. He forgives and heals our emotional brokenness. When our lives are stressed, when we're worried and fearful and discouraged or angry, we have kind of a soul sickness. And God becomes the healer of our souls. I talked to a a woman recently who uh, was sharing this story with me of um, how she had carried with her over decades deep anger and resentment toward one of her parents. And not for no reason. She said, you know, but most of the time I wasn't aware of it. It was subconscious. But it was always there. And she said, you know, one day recently God choreographed some circumstances in my life where this emotion, this resentment, this anger was brought right front and center. Right in her face. She said, in that moment, at that point, as God revealed it to me, I was able to let that go, forgive that parent. And she said, what happened over the next several days was I felt it in my body, this release, this kind of freedom from that heavy weight of Anger and resentment. And it began, she said, to affect the ways that I was relating to other people in my life. I didn't even realize how that anger and resentment toward a parent was affecting the way that I was relating to others in my life. And that began to change. God bringing healing. At a soul level. Jehovah Rapha. God heals. The last name of God that I want to share in this little series is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. By the way, when we're using the word Jehovah, understand that in the original Hebrew, it was Yahweh. We talked last week about where Jehovah came from, but in the original it was Yahweh, Yahweh Jirah, that we now refer to as Jehovah Jirah, God as my provider. So last week, God as shepherd talked about the fact that it appears once in Scripture, Psalm 23. The same is true with Jehovah Jireh. It appears once in Scripture, this in Genesis chapter 22. And it's a story that may be familiar to uh, some of you. It's the story of Abraham and Isaac. And I won't read it to you, I'll just recount the story briefly that, that God had made this promise to Abraham and Sarah, even though they were old, that they would become the parents of a nation and their offspring would outnumber the number of stars in the heavens and they thought, well, that's impossible. We don't have any children. And God said, you know, Sarah's gonna become pregnant and they thought that was hysterical because she was old, right? Marilyn and I would think that was hysterical (laughs) if we were to hear that. We wouldn't laugh it would be hysterical. Anyway, in fact, the name Isaac means they laughed. Right? Anyway, so she becomes pregnant. They have the son, Isaac, right? And at some point along the way, God says, Abraham, I want you to demonstrate your faithfulness to me. I want you to sacrifice Isaac to me. It made no sense. Didn't seem to fit with God's promise and God's plan. But Abraham was faithful. And so he took Isaac and they went to the mountain where Abraham was going to sacrifice his son. And there in that moment, as Abraham was preparing to sacrifice Isaac, God stopped him. And pointed out a thicket of thorns. And in that thicket of thorns. Was a ram. That was going to be the substitute. Just occurred to me this morning. That it was a ram. I don't know if that's good news or bad news. for. Just saying. But here's this ram in this thicket. And. Abraham sacrifices the ram. That's. God's provided in place of sacrificing his son. And so Abraham names that place Jehovah Jireh. God provides. Such a powerful story about the character of God. God provides what is needed at just The right time. And God is true to his word. God is always true to his promises. Even when life doesn't make sense. Even when things feel like they're going in the wrong direction. Even when it feels like this can't possibly be happening. even when it feels like god has forgotten us or god has gone silent god has a plan and he's working it out in our lives romans 8:28 puts it this way all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes god works all things Even the crazy things, even the things that don't make sense, even the times where it feels the most chaotic, God is working all things together for good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that story of Abraham and Isaac is a kind of foreshadowing of a much bigger story, a much bigger plan that God has where he offers his son. He provides his son. He provides the sacrifice that we need to cover our sins. He becomes Jehovah Jireh, the provider for us in that way. The Apostle Paul described it this way in Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 through 5. He said, but when... The right time came when the right time came God's timing not our timing God's timing when the right time came God sent his son born of a woman subject to the law God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so we could, so he could adopt us to be his very own children. At just the right time, God provided a way where we had no way. God provided a sacrifice so that the wages of sin that would mean death for us would no longer mean death for us. Just as God provided a ram to rescue Isaac... God provided Jesus to rescue us. Again, in Psalm 103, it said, He redeems me from death. He redeems me from death. How does he do that? Through his son. The one who provides us the ultimate healing. The way home to his father's house. Friends, faith in Jesus is not about being religious. It's about knowing that God has a name. And that name tells us about the character and the work of God all around us and in us. God has a name and that name is Jesus Jesus was, Jesus is, Jesus is to come. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is Adonai. Jesus is our Lord, our Master. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. Jesus is our peace, the Prince of Peace. Jesus is our healer of all of the things in life that we find broken and in need of healing. Jesus is our provider. Jesus is our our everything, our rock, our strength, our hope, our refuge. And the longer I have known him, the more that name means to me and means to you. The Bible tells us that all who call upon that name, the name of Jesus, will be rescued, saved. Jesus meets us at the place of our biggest need. Jesus meets you at the place of your biggest need. Whatever that place might be, what is your biggest need today? What is your biggest challenge? What is your biggest difficulty? What is that mountain, that Goliath? What is that thing that is the biggest challenge in your life right now? Jesus wants to meet you there. And you can ask Him in that place to be your shepherd. To be your peace, to be your healer, to be your provider. And so in the moments that the uh, band is going to be sharing this song with us, I want to invite you to do some business with God, to do some business with Jesus, to name that place, that most challenging place in your life, and to ask him to be there to be God in that place for you.